The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hey guys, welcome to your new episode of I Love Wellness. Today, we have an amazing guest on the show. She is a PhD, neuroscientist, mental health and mind expert, best-selling author, and top health podcast host of Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. We have Dr. Caroline Leaf on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Lois. Love you to be with you. It really is. Thank you. Thank We're you. so excited have you. Um, I am a huge proponent of mental health. I have dealt with depression, anxiety, uh, you know, all of that type of stuff um, growing up. And it has been a struggle for me as it has been for many people. And I think the past year that we've had has in a really interesting way helped to remove some of the stigma surrounding mental health challenges because it's very evident that we are all going through this pandemic together and it's really hard and i find that at least within my community and within media people are much more open to talking about their mental health their mind behaviors things like that um and so i'm curious just right off the bat sort of like what is your impression of kind of this space and how it has changed in the past year well i can tell you how it's changed in the last 38 years because i've been in the field for 38 years (laughs) but especially there's been a massive change in the right direction in the last year which i'm really happy about because i've watched as a, a clinician, and I've practiced for 25 years, I don't practice anymore because I do all the research. And, and I've been researching for 38 years. And But just watching in, in, in my clinical years, watching how we went from looking at the whole person and their narrative and their context and their story to then reducing it down to this very neuroreductionistic approach where it's all about the brain. And even though that's what I do, I research the mind-brain connection, there was this shift away, as I said, from the human humanity to all about the physical. And that's what we call the biomedical model. But what it's done is it's, it's fantastic for like heart disease and you know, brain issues and, and um, skin issues and immune health and you know, cardiovascular system and so on. But it doesn't work when it comes to the mind. So let's say that you have a heart problem, you can diagnose it, there's testing, et cetera, et cetera, and you can, you can define it and you can confine it and you can, but when it comes to something like depression, what we've tried to do is do the same thing. So we talk about the word depression as though it's the same thing as cardiovascular disease or diabetes, but it's not because the reason that you may feel depressed is completely different to my feelings, to, to why I'm depressed and every other person. And yes, we can say in general, like over the past year with COVID and with the political situation and racism and the things that are going on in the world around us have contributed to that. It still doesn't make depression an it. And that's what the approach that that I have taken my entire career is to not reduce it down to an illness, but to recognize that we, we are, if you're human, you're a mental mess, bottom line. And we are on a continuum of life. And that's why I call my podcast Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, why my book is called Clean. This is my 19th book that I'm writing about the subject. There it is, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Um, we, if you're human, you're going to battle with anxiety, with depression, with um, your mind can split. You can anger, frustration. These are all emotional warning signals. They're symptoms of something that's going on in your life. But to just say you are clinically depressed and to lump you in one label and then to just give you a sort of simple treatment of a drug or a type of therapy that's like a little sort of 10 sessions of whatever, 
is has taken all your humanity away because why are you depressed? What is your situation? What's happened? What happened in the past? What's going on in your life now? That's what we have to look at. But it's not neat. It's messy. Life is messy. Mental mess is mess. So what's happened in the the 30, 40 years ago, we looked at the whole person. Then we started looking more reductionistically and started doing this definition, this diagnosing, labeling. And now people have realized, hey, when something like COVID hits, the whole world is back in with depression. We can't now suddenly say all the human on the planet are now mentally ill. That's a, it's a stupid thing. What we have is people, humans are responding to adverse circumstances. So what we need to do is shift our whole perspective. And this is, I, do, I do clinical trials. I just did a set of clinical trials recently. And one of the things that came out of it is that the way you look at if you're feeling depressed or angry or frustrated or whatever is going to influence how your brain functions, how your body functions, how your mind functions, your mind and brain are separate, how the stress in your body responds, how you, even how your DNA works. So if you're going to see depression, oh, it's the scary thing. I've got this neuropsychiatric brain disease. I'm mentally ill and all that stigma and that's scary, like getting a cancer diagnosis. If you look at it like that, it makes it worse because it's not the truth because it's, you can't take your story and shove it into one word. But if you say, oh, okay, let me embrace that depression as something helpful, you shift your entire, you can see just the way I'm saying it. You mm -hmm. know, oh, it's scary to, oh, let me embrace that. It's not nice feeling depressed. I feel anxious. I feel depressed. But let me embrace that and gather awareness of that and see it as helpful and see it as something that's telling me a message and then do the work of embracing, processing, and reconceptualizing you shift your whole perspective, you change your brain, you change your DNA. And I showed in as short as nine weeks, you can completely transform your mental and physical state by up to 81% being more in control of depression and anxiety, right down to the level of the DNA, et cetera, when you manage your mind. So basically I'm talking about mind management. And if you're human, we need mind management. So there's really a, <laughs> as you said that, you know, shifting your perspective on it and embracing it and seeing it as something that could help you, my, my head tilted sideways. And I was like, wow, I want to learn more about this. But um, before we talk about that, I'm very curious if you could define for myself and everybody who's listening the difference between the mind and the brain. I think so clarifying that would be really helpful. I'm so glad you asked that question, Lo, because it's it's been very confusing over the last 30 to 50 years with neuroreductionism, which neuro means brain and reductionism means we've reduced everything down to the physical brain. So here I've got some props. It always helps. I don't know if you're Ooh, doing the audio. There you go. Are you doing audio as well with visual? I don't know. If whoever's listening, I'm holding up a brain. If you can't see, I'm holding up a brain, not a live one. Okay. So we, the brain is not your mind. The brain is a responder, very complex structure. As we all know, we're learning more and more about it. I've studied it for 38 years as a neuroscientist, but it's not your mind. If you're dead, your brain will just disintegrate. Your body will disintegrate. But your mind is who who you are. It's the unique way that you think and feel and choose. So mind is those three things. Mind is your thinking, feeling, and choosing. It's unique to you. Every human thinks, feels, and chooses. And those three go together. You, you, when you think, you will feel. When you think and feel, you will choose. You're doing this all day long. You're doing it 24-7. You're doing it at 400 billion actions per second on the non-conscious level, which is your deepest intelligent wisdom, whatever you, spiritual mind, non-conscious mind. You're doing it consciously. You experience that around every 10 seconds. That generates an energy. We can use things like quantum physics and, and normal physics and uh, genetics and epigenetics and all kinds of fancy sciences to understand that when you think, feel, and choose, it, it causes a response in the brain. 
So the brain is a responder, not a generator. So here, here you are listening to me and your audience is listening and we're talking about mental mess and mind and all that stuff. So I'm sending out sound waves and images, which so there's electromagnetic waves. That is all energy. And you basically take that in and you think, feel, and choose. So your mind receives it first. And your mind receives it by hearing it and seeing it. And then you think, feel, and choose. And you're doing that very fast. And you're sending this energy through your brain. And then your brain responds electromagnetically, chemically, and genetically. So as you're listening to me now, you are taking my words and you're turning my what you're hearing and seeing into little protein structures in your brain that look like plants. So here I've got a little plant, you grow thoughts. So right now at the speed of 400 billion actions per second, you're transforming my words into plant-like structures called thoughts made of memories, like trees are made of branches, thoughts are made of memories. You're transforming those and growing those into your brain. So you're actually changing the structure of your brain with your mind moment by moment of every day. So as you wake up in the morning, your mind is responding to the immediately to your spouse, to your texts, to your emails, to everything that happens during the day, every experience, the media, etc., conversations with your kids, friends, life. And that is all processed through your mind into your brain. Your brain builds that into the structure of your brain. So your brain's always changing because your mind is always changing. And your mind is malleable. Your mind is the first cause. It's the first thing. So if your mind isn't right, everything else will not be right. Now, I know you're into skincare and it's very evident. Your skin's beautiful, by the way. And you're into all this, like, yeah, it's beautiful. You know, healthy, and you teach people about wellness. But so you're giving them information, but they're going to have to absorb that information, transform it with their mind, build it into their brain, build healthy networks. But they need to make those networks strong enough that they actually apply what you're teaching. So they need to, you know, use the stuff, get into their good skin routine, make sure that you're using healthy products. So not just read or hear or listen to you, but actually transform what they hear into something that they do and that's all mind work so to to even have a decent skin routine or a healthy food routine or eating routine diet routine exercise routine uh, that's also mental health but it's driven by mind so mind is the first thing that happens and then your brain responds and your body responds your brain and your body respond i've got another little model here that as soon as you as soon as you your mind's always working so your mind is always telling your brain and body what to do. And your brain and body collectively are made of 37, to 37 trillion to 100 trillion cells. And as we're talking now, you are influencing the DNA of every single one of those cells. If you're in a um, toxic reactive state and you're in a panic or whatever, and you respond or having an argument or getting flustered or irritated or worked up, or you actually then immediately affect the DNA and increase your vulnerability to disease. But as soon as you manage your mind, you transform that immediately when you're in a negative state like you are depressed or you're anxious and and if you fight that and try and push it down you then affect your health negatively every cell responds negatively your brain the energy in your brain we can see that with using things like qeegs but if you say oh okay that's depression is not a bad thing it's helpful you immediately now even though you're still depressed the fact that you said oh it's helpful let me find the let me find the cause let me clean up the mental mess then you, you every single part of your body including the dna responds positively so it's malleable mind management is this malleable skill that no matter what age you are i've taught kids as young as three to mind manage um you you can something you can do all the time so that's a basic breakdown between mind and brain that's really helpful. I also love the mental image I have right now of like a garden growing out of my brain. <laughs> That's exactly what you're doing. 
<laughs> growing out of my brain. But, you know, when, when you were describing that, it also led me to think about um, trauma with people and how trauma yeah. can grow in the brain like a plant in the same way that positive behaviors. Yeah, there's your trauma root that you're showing. There's your trauma. Yeah, there's your trauma tree. So there's your healthy tree. Because every experience that you have, low is going to transform your brain. Nothing, everything grows into your brain. So you you experience through your mind and you grow it into your brain. And then that produces what you say and what you do. So if someone's been through a trauma, let's say they were abused as a child and they're very young and they suppressed it for years and then suddenly they get into a relationship in their early 20s or 18 or 19 or whatever and they've never dealt with it. And that happened to be a sexual abuse. That is, that experience was built in at that young age or whatever also as a thought tree because as you experience it the seed is sown the roots grow the tree grows the branches grow and that then produces the behaviors so you may have a child who's got all these different behaviors and you think why are they so difficult and then you actually get to the point where they are able to start examining and, they, and you'd see you can track back those behaviors are, are manifestations of an underlying trauma so yes we've so we've got to we've, we mustn't suppress these that causes brain damage our brain is wired for survival and our mind's wired for survival so this creates an imbalance and we want it out so this is where depression is actually our brain and body saying hey you've got something there that needs to come out you know you want to uproot this thing you want to embrace it gather awareness you don't want to suppress it with a drug or a therapy you don't want to slap a band-aid uh, you know, there's some therapeutic approaches are phenomenal and will help you embrace process and reconceptualize. But there are some therapeutic approaches that just like whack on a, a band-aid by giving you a positive affirmation or change that thought. But you, you can't just change a thought. You can't stand in front of a mirror and just spout off, you know, gratitude statements and think that's going to work. You have to do the hard work of going through. The only way out is going through. So you're quite right. Trauma looks different in the brain to what healthy thinking looks like. And it's pervasive, but it's changeable. And that's the hope. Our brain is not stuck. Your past doesn't have to determine your future. You can pull that trauma out and you can work through it. And it takes time. It's not going to be easy. It gets worse before it gets better. It's like surgery. If you have to have surgery, it's worse before it's better. But you can do that all the time. And we, I mean, I'm still doing it in my life. I, that's why I wrote this book. I wrote it for me. I'm a mental mess. So, you know, we need to, we, we constantly have to be working on our stuff yeah it's a constant evolution hi guys i'm heather thompson host of in my heart podcast in my heart started with the concept of conversations with friends experts learning more encouraging independent thinking and digging deeper into topics to inspire new perspectives my vision and mantra for life is finding my freedoms and following what drives my light energy and happiness and allows me to shine. I really want that for you too. Please join me each week as I speak to old friends and new about all of the things in my heart, our experiences, and how we find our freedoms together. New episodes come out weekly, every Tuesday, wherever you stream your podcasts. See you then. I'm curious, what made you first realize that you wanted to go into the mental health field? Um, I was fascinated with brain and mind from a very young age and I was going into initially was going into medicine and neurosurgery and I was very fortunate to have done a degree which they don't do anymore but they combine medicine and neuroscience and psychology and so it's a seven-year degree that they cram into four years and they don't do it anymore because it nearly killed us. I mean, it was, it was just too much, but I'm glad I did it because it exposed me to a lot of mind stuff but from a young, very young 
the mind and brain fascinated me. So I was trying to find a field that satisfied that. And I didn't just want to do brain surgery, which is what I was going into neurosurgery. Cause then I'm just, I'm not connecting with people. I'm dealing with too much of the physical. I wanted to marry the two. So that's how I landed up. I've done four degrees to try and get where I am and try and I still do research because I'm still, it's something that's an evolution. It's an organic process of understanding mind as much as possible. And mind is considered the hard question in science. It's considered that elusive thing. And people, use mind as I, as you already discussed interchangeably with brain and we talk about mind emotions thoughts in a very mixed up way so i've tried to try and unpack that and help people understand what is mind what is a thought what and it's okay to be a mental mess it, it, embrace your humanity but don't let it control you you can control it i think that's my overriding message is we need to accept our mental mess but also recognize we can change it it's not that we have to be controlled by it I think one of the things that you touched on at the beginning, you know, this is different from depression, but it's different from the mind is, you know, uh, as human beings, we have a hard time sort of wrapping our heads around the things that are tangible versus intangible and yeah, mind yeah. is consciousness, right? And exactly. that in and of itself is, has so many question marks on it for human beings. Why are we here? Why do we exist? What, what is the point of all of this? <laughs> and exactly. So that can be really challenging for people. So I, I'm curious, you know, how do you get people to actually care about their mental health and treat it just as they do their physical health? Because I think for a lot of people, you know, who haven't had therapy before, whatever, it feels like this tangible thing versus this intangible thing. Exactly. And that's just an excellent question. And there's actually quite an easy answer. Mind is not that hard to understand if you look at it like this. You can go three weeks without food. You can go three days without water. You can go three minutes without oxygen, but you don't even go three seconds without using your mind. So your mind never switches off. 24-7, your mind is working. Your conscious mind is working only when you're awake. But when you're awake and asleep, your non-conscious, N-O-N, your non-conscious mind is always working. And then your subconscious mind, which is like a bridge between the non-conscious, which is this huge, deepest, intelligent part of us where all our memories are and our life experiences and our value systems and who we are and all the uniqueness of how you think, feel, and choose. That's what's happening happening is a swirling mass of energy and that then connects to your conscious mind with through the through the subconscious mind so to experience what that feel it's always working so experience what that feels like we can do a little exercise right now you can go into what i call the multiple perspective advantage and that means that while you you can see me i can see you but you can also see yourself watching me so that is a that use that concept of standing back and observing yourself and observe like your facial expressions be very aware of your bodily expressions as you talk to me or respond or as i'm talking like i'm talking to you now i can see i can watch my eye movements my hand movements how i'm smiling how i'm generating you know what your response so in other words when you stand back and observe your own thinking feeling and choosing you're observing mind you're observing how you are thinking feeling and choosing and presenting yourself i'm presenting information about this book so i'm using my mind to pull these thoughts together to answer your question to express myself i'm saying words i'm using my hands i'm using images but that's all driven by mind. So I, I took in your question. I built that in literally in second, milliseconds, built your question into my brain as the thought. And then I pulled on my knowledge of this field to, to, from a thought I spoke back. So I'm not speaking from fresh air. I'm actually speaking from stuff in my brain that I have built. 
So I'm using my mind to find stuff in my brain. I'm using my mind to hear you, to respond to you, to think about, to answer, to make choices about how I'm going to answer you. And I'm putting that in my brain, finding connecting information, and I'm pulling it out again. That's mind. When I decide to work out in the morning, my mind, it's my mind decision. How I go and work out is going to be a mind decision. If I'm in a bad mood and I'm not going to and I'm just going there with a bad attitude, I won't, my mind will reduce the, the, the benefit of exercise. I may be eating the most healthy organic food or using the best skin products, but if I'm in a toxic mental state, you lose up to 85% of the benefit of that, that healthy organic farm to table meal or that great skin product. It'll be just surface deep. It won't do the restorative work that it's got to do in the depths of the DNA of your cells and that kind of stuff. So mind is driving everything, even how your skin cream affects your DNA. I mean, that's what mind is doing. It's like the driving force behind everything. So it's actually not so intangible because you are mind. You yeah. know, you are mind. Low is mind. Caroline is mind. You know, we think of that, who am I? That's, you know, when you start looking at it like that, it's not so hard. And then you start thinking of our values and our life experiences and life and the things we do and, and the arguments and the joys. That's all our experiences of mind. So it's not so intangible when you look at it like that. And it's messy and it's happy and it's exciting and it's that we've got to manage it all the time. It's really connected at the cellular level. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, you're, is, is the newest book that you have cleaning up the mental mess? Yes, this is the newest book. This is being released on the 2nd of March. And this is this is my nineteenth book. This is where I've just put I put my most recent clinical trials in there, and it's and I've put in my uh, a process that I developed over thirty eight years called the neurocycle, which is a it's not a therapy technique. It's basically how anyone who's a human, which is all of us, okay, so how we actually drive, use our mind. How do we use our thinking, feeling, and choosing to change our brain and, and our body in the right direction? How in the middle of, how do I deal with acute trauma? How do I deal with um, big traumas, little traumas, uh, like constant bullying or a, a sexual abuse? How do you deal with the trauma of politics, racism, socioeconomic situations, arguments, you have an argument with your spouse or someone spouts toxic words over you or you have a financial crash in your life or you, you, you're, doing an, you're sitting the day-to-day -day stuff just up and down. How do you manage your mind moment to moment? So that's all in my new book. And the second half of the book, I um, the first half of the book, I explained the, very simplistically the research behind it just for, to help people understand that when you manage your mind, for example, your DNA will change down to the level of the the telomeres and i can explain that in a moment your blood will change like everyone knows about cortisol so if cortisol is a fantastic fantastic hormone but if we don't have that in in the right quantities it can mess with our brain and body but you can influence your cortisol in milliseconds by how you manage your mind so the second half of the book the neurocycle is the system i developed for my patients and i've refined and researched and developed and over the years and it's a simple process that can be used for any, in any situation at any age. So the big stuff, which like the traumas that you would do like once a day and, and then you work over time over 63 days to change a habit, not 21. And you'd work for a fixed amount of time each day. So that's traumas, toxic habits. And then you've got, if you want to build a new habit, also that's not going to happen in one day. It mm -hmm. takes 63 days. So you would use the neurocycle, which is this five-step process of how you manage your mind to change your brain 
to fix up trauma and build to- and toxic habits, build new habits, you do it daily for about 15 minutes a day over 63 days because that's the time it takes to actually wire in a habit into the brain that will impact your behavior. But you can also brain build. Our brain is hungry for knowledge. One of the best mental health techniques is to learn new information. And the, you can use the same five steps to make sure that you're building information into your brain that actually cleans your brain and increases brain health. So the I explain that in the book as well. And then I explain how to, to use it like life hacks. So lifestyle hacks in the moment. So let's say you have an argument with someone out of the blue or you get up out of bed in the morning and you've totally flustered because you're overwhelmed with stuff or you get into an argument or someone sends you a terrible text or you suddenly have to deal with a financial, you know, the stuff that happens in the moment um, when you read something in the news, how do you not fall apart? Those acute traumas out of the blue, someone gets sick or has a car accident or something. What do you do in that moment to manage your mind? Because if you don't manage your mind, the energy in your brain goes haywire. The chemicals go haywire. You don't think clearly and you're not going to make good decisions that then affects your health your physical health and then you start stress starts working against you instead of for you so this neurocycle concept actually makes your body work for you and not against you You, we have 1400 neurophysiological responses that occur each moment as we respond to stuff and the way that those the way that you manage the moment determines how those neurophysiological responses are going to affect you so for example the most simple one would be if you get if you react like you someone you're having an argument with someone and you don't think it through you just react and you say something really nasty and it blows up into a huge explosion um, that immediately will makes will reduce the blood flow in your heart by constricting the blood vessels. So you can you can physically feel pain in your heart. Now you've got less blood flow and less oxygen to your brain, and now your thinking is going to be distorted. So now you're going to argue even more, and you can go down this rabbit hole. If you know understand the process of mind and neurocycles, how you manage mind. So mind is not brain, as we've been saying. How do you manage your mind through the neurocycle, neuro being meaning brain? So how do you cycle through your mind to manage your brain? That's why I've called it the neurocycle. You can use that in that moment. You can use it in five seconds to calm yourself down. Um, So it's it's, it's in the five seconds, the five minutes, the daily. So it's got multiple applications because it's simply a system of how you use your mind to drive your brain. Does that make sense? It does. And I want to get my hands on this book because you are just a wealth of information and knowledge. What an an amazing career you have had. Um, Thank you. I have two more questions and the questions. Absolutely. Everybody, they're easy questions. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So the first question is, what is your secret ritual? This is something that you do that makes you feel happier, helps you unwind, but you do it in secret. Well, they, uh, one of the things I love to do is I have an infrared sauna and I'm a great, that's where I go. And yeah, I, my that's, when, that's my reward. I, that's where I go and sit. And if I'm really worked up, I go and sit there and I'll watch something, a very relaxing movie. I'll go and watch something like The Crown or Grey's Anatomy or whatever, or, some, or a, my big fat Greek wedding. I go, I'll watch a movie in, in my infrared sauna. Also work out. Um, I find that helps me tremendously faster workouts. If I'm really worked up, that's really, it's, it's part of my daily ritual anyway. So those are a couple of things. And then I neurocycle. I honestly, as things happen, I've trained myself to get my mind back under control because I fall into messes all the time. I mean, be honest, we all do. And if you're authentic, yeah, and it's okay. I don't beat myself up about it. If I get worked up or depressed, I know what to do. And I grab that. And that's, so that's very much part of my ritual. I love that. And then my last question, what is one thing you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier in your life? I wish that I knew this information at the beginning when I was in my, when I was a child, because if I look at how many, how many 
in my practice, I work with so many children with anxiety and how, if, you know, you grow into adulthood with anxiety and, and, and depression. If, if, if I knew what I knew now, that those feelings are okay and what to do with those feelings, it's life-changing. You know, that's what I've made it a mission also with the work that I do is to try and help not just adults, but kids as well, to understand what to do with their feelings. I wish I had known that younger. It would have saved me a lot of heartache. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting. You know, sometimes I read, but I think like the younger generation is starting to be more in tune with like their feelings and talking about stuff. Managing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're managing it. Um, anyway, this has been fascinating. Um, where can listeners of this show find you, find your books, find your podcast? Well, cleaning up your mental messes on you, wherever you listen to subscribe to podcasts and my, it's my Insta, my social media handles, Dr. Caroline Leaf. So follow me on Instagram. I put tips every day to on this stuff just to help people live. And um, my website's drleaf.com and the book you can get it at anywhere where books are sold. You can get it on my website, drleaf.com or cleaning up your mental mess.com. We can send you those links. Fantastic. Yeah. I want to get my hands on this book right now. We'll make sure we'll make sure we send you one. <laughs> we'll make sure you send you one. Well, thank you, Dr. Leaf. Uh, thank you for everybody tuning into the show today. Don't forget to subscribe, like everybody on the Love Wellness team really appreciates it. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks so much. 